Cruz asks himself, what happens when you pair a maverick with a rooster? You get a horse cock. This is Top Gun oh, Maverick Spoilers. Wow. <laughs> Jeez. Not good, good. I, coming in hot, that's for sure. That was a Mach 10 joke. <laughs> the Mach 10 spoiler just jumping right that in. That was Mach 10. Penis talk within the first five seconds. <laughs> Love it. Well, hello, everybody. This is your host, Stevie, and we have a really small crew tonight, which is actually a lot of fun. Let's go around the table. Let's go from, actually, you know what? We're all in the same area. Josh, we'll start with you. My question to you guys is, since we're going to be doing a movie that's pretty much staunch porn, mm. if you were president and you had to pick any song to be the new national anthem, what would it be and why? Oh, man. You have to pick a new national anthem. Yeah, the old one's getting a little... I mean, it's boring. You gotta spice it up. (laughs) You know what? I'll just give a good old Indiana answer. Is that okay with you? I think it's perfect. So, if people don't know, John Mellencamp is from Indiana. You don't say. And maybe like his song, Pink Houses. Uh... (laughs) Maybe that could. What? I don't. What are you thinking, Pat? Josh? This song is going to be played at the World Cup. I'm picturing at the Olympics. Yeah. yeah. Blooming House. <laughs> <laughs> classic. Okay. Okay. All right. You're right. I'm going with Cherry Bomb. That's better. I like that. Do you guys like John Mellencamp? No. As a person? Or what do you mean? I don't know. I feel like I was overexposed to his music growing up in Indiana. I feel like I listened to so much John Mellencamp. I don't know if I can give him a fair shake. I don't seek it out, but I did hear, I think it was Cherry Bomb in Martin Supermarkets a couple weeks ago. And I was like, you know what? This is kind of a jam right now. If you you only hear it every once in a while, it's nostalgic. That's what that kind of music is, right? He's got a couple, like, bangers but cb you hate john lennon <laughs> john lennon john mellencamp sorry i was distracted pk is joining the call soon so the small boat's getting a little bit bigger we'll, we'll see we'll see no i don't hate john mellencamp it's just uh, growing up in indiana and also <laughs> that's the thing yeah. yeah it's a thing and also in my mid-20s i became friends with a guy who was from bloomington and just obsessed with John Mellencamp. And I found myself like growing to hate his music. That's what's weird is like, why is he so associated with Indiana, but not Michael Jackson, Axl Rose, uh, the lead singer from Blind Melon? Why is he the Indiana face? Um, this is Pappy. It's that small town music. Recording from Kalamazoo, Michigan. I'll put it this way. but Don't mean, don't mean to interrupt you, Pat, but... I, at least Mellencamp is not Bruce Springsteen. I can I can deal with that. Wow. Coming in hot. Did you see that movie with the Bruce Springsteen songs? I forget what it was called. Uh, I probably will never see that. Great punishment pick. <laughs> um, Pappy, Kalamazoo. I don't know. This was a rough one. You There's a curveball to us, I guess. Oh, yeah. You know, if we're going to be who we're going to be... You know, and we're not going to change. I like that. 
Was that a guitar? (laughs) (laughs) We might as well just lean into it and make our national anthem. We were talking about this pre-pod, Pumped Up Kicks. You know, there we go. That's the country we are. That's so. the country we're in right now. It seems very fitting. It's it's the country we're in right now. You are. We are who they thought they were. <laughs> I said John Mellencamp, and you heeded me a warning. They'll have to play this at schools and before games, <laughs> and then you choose that. The, the beat's so catchy. You don't need to listen to the words. Yeah, just, just don't pay attention it. to the words. Just vibe with it. Yeah. If I had to pick a new national anthem, like, this is going to sound really strange, but there's a song that anytime I hear it, all I can see is like crushed up beer cans and American flags mm. and barbecue. And that's Kickstart My Heart by Motley Crue. I feel like uh, that's like the most American song ever made. That's not about America. So I would say that song. <laughs> No Kid Rock. Notably, No Kid Rock in this section. <laughs> Notably. Yeah. yeah. Let's uh, not pick the trust fund kid who acted like he was white trash for so many years. So let's get into this movie. Pap. Yeah. What were your thoughts initially about a Top Gun sequel when you saw it was being made? I think initially... First instinct, thinking fast instinct, intuition, cynical, that it may not have been necessary. But the thing of it is, we saw that first trailer pre-COVID. Yeah. It was a long fucking time ago when I first saw that trailer. Um, I think the hype built around it for quite a long time. Though, right? Because they kept delaying it and delaying it. We wanted it to be an in theaters movie. I don't know if you guys had this. Tom Cruise showed up at the starting of, started of my screening, uh, like on the screen, obviously. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And he was like, Thank you for coming to the movies. All these people work so hard on this. I don't know. Like, I feel this, like he was about to start yelling at us I've because seen, it got delayed for so long. I've seen three movies in theaters in the past two weeks, and we talked about this on Everywhere, Everything, All at Once, but this felt like a real... Obviously, we're not post-COVID. COVID cases are spiking. Lots of people are dying from COVID, but this felt like like there was like a, a Memorial Day weekend and a Tom Cruise movie opening weekend record. So like, it, it felt like we were getting back to that. How is that possible? Bit. That like I, this like set the record for Tom Cruise. <laughs> what else would it be? A like, Mission Impossible. A fallout? Like like Superman and Mission Impossible? Like that movie is a banger. Like how'd that not set the record? We we can't just skip over this Tom Cruise intro either though, because I kind of like looked over at the other people I saw this movie with and was like weird. <laughs> After he was done talking. It was so strange. And I saw Two or three gl- glimpses. Stevie, please back me up. 
of the crazy Tom Cruise eyes. Dude, yes. They made an appearance in that intro. Yes. Not just that, but like, also, it seemed like he was out of breath the entire time he was shooting it. It was really weird. Hi, everyone. Well, summer's almost here, and Top Gun Maverick is going to kick it off. Our extraordinary cast and crew gave it their all to bring you the most immersive, authentic, and entertaining cinematic experience. There's real jets, real popcorn, on the biggest screens exclusively and only in the theaters. So I hope you enjoy. We've made it for you. Weird. That was my thought. Like after watching that, my first thought was Tom Cruise is a weird cat. <laughs> like I don't that was my takeaway from his heartfelt message. PK. What it do, nephew? We did it. What up? Let's go. What's your pilot it's name? It's boy, Pilot PK in the house. All right. I can think that. <laughs> Jeez, no hesitation. <laughs> That's a much better question than we got also. <laughs> Sorry, I messed with my gain setting, so I might be blasted out, but I think it's good. What's up, boys? Thanks thanks for the, inviting me on late. You're the first person to ever actually show up uh, later. We're, we're only eight minutes in. We're still basically on the, the start of the movie. Uh, <laughs> we've been perfect. teasing this for years. I can't believe it actually happened. Dude, this movie is so worth the wait. And I wasn't even waiting since 86. Any of you guys think that this, like... So, Pap, you were talking about it. The trailer came out, pre, came out pre-COVID, right? Long time ago. A lot of hype. Is there any chance they, like, shot, like, a different movie in the meantime? So, I mean, so much could have changed. Like, fix some things, you know, did some new shoots doing this and that. I remember talking about that on pod, saying that what will be the impact of all this additional time to edit movies while these films are delayed. Yeah. I think this is like arguably perfectly paced as well for an action movie, right? Like there's there's like no fat on this movie that I can see. You guys don't think this whole opening scene, and I can set up for you if you want me to, Stevie. I was going to ask you, like, is Ed Harris, like, is this his last movie? Why is he in this movie? Did he die? Is he is he dying? Why is he in this movie? Somebody has to set Tom Cruise on the path of, like, <laughs> we don't want to hire you, but Val Kilmer is forcing us to hire you <laughs> path that continues through the rest of the movie. So this is the first time it happens, but this whole intro, I would not take it out as fat, Pappy, but maybe it is fat. Like this whole thing with him going Mach 10.3, 10.3, Stevie, Let's it go. destroys Let's go. his fight. It, it destroys the vehicle he's in, but somehow he like saves the jobs of all the people that are like working on that technology. And it's like kind of sacrificial. He knows he's going to get fired. But at the last minute, Ed Harris is like, I was about to slam the gavel down on you. <laughs> but then I got a call from Val, and he's like, you got to let it go. <laughs> it's just like the first movie, too, when when the guy in the opening scene gets too scared, and he drops out, and the same guy's like, God damn it, Maverick. I got to send you to Top Gun. Oh, it's I like love that guy. <laughs> yeah, he was in Days of Thunder, too. I love that, dude. 
can we talk about how beautiful that opening scene was when he's actually like flying and it's just like he's in that moment of like pure zen it's just kind of quiet and they have that wide shot of it just like just flying across the fucking horizon that was so cool I think that's the first time we get the goose talk to me line. Did you guys like that? It's the only reason the movie made sense. I loved it. Didn't he? You have, he does you have that, to have that in there. <laughs> he does that in the second half of the first movie, right? Maybe? I think so. When he goes out to save Iceman, probably. Yeah. I got to be honest. Yeah. I'm not super familiar with Top Gun. I've seen it once. It's not a great movie. I watched it like two times the past couple of weeks. And yeah, it's like. I was watching. I was like, "Man, this is cool," but like, I was like, eh, "It's not that. It's, it's, it's okay, <laughs> I guess." Like, besides the flying, it's just a cheesy '80s movie. But do you think that's? Do you think that's thirty years later, or however much longer this is supposed to be in this world? Do you think that's something a healthy guy is still saying about a previous friend? And I'm not making a value judgment. I'm just wondering what you guys think. Like, he's still searching for his friend, and he really hasn't let it go has he no i mean especially because like within the story like <coughs> meg ryan's passing probably didn't help and also the simple fact that miles teller's uh rooster is popping in out of his life doesn't help either so he's constantly reminded of goose well plus i mean <coughs> he was cleared of you know like not being the f- true cause of what happened but it's like in his mind he's he's always gonna be the cause of his best friend's death, so I'm sure that's probably why he carries it around so much too. Hey, Pap. Hmm. Did you <laughs> love or hate Miles Teller doing uh, Great Balls of Fire? I, in this why? Movie? How did you know that? How did? Because I know you. I fucking hate it. I hated it so much. You shake my nerves and you rattle my brain. Too much love drops a man insane. You broke my wheel, but what it thrill. The thing of it is, is that the whole bar scene, I actually really like, like all those people in there. Um, I like the sort of slow roll introduction of the cast of the best of the best pilots as they're all coming in. Uh, For some reason, Bob stood out to me <laughs> the most my man it's awesome <laughs> that's my man right so there great i yeah i again like i don't think there's a single scene in this movie that i don't like um but the fact that a group of you know presumably you know millennials people in their 20s These are zoomers bro zoomers <laughs> would not only know like the chorus to Great Balls of Fire, but know the lyrics to Great Balls of Fire <laughs> is fucking ridiculous. Like, I, I, I like it as a concept. I, I don't know why we had to harken back to the first movie like that, but I'm also he could have been singing any song. He could have been playing like a hip hop. He could have been playing like Lupe Fiasco song. Yeah, and just seeing seeing him jam through the window mm-hmm. could have been enough. Enough, yes. I think you're right on that one too. I, however, I did like the flashback because I, I thought it was like if you haven't seen the original movie or if you haven't seen it in a long time, it was like the perfect 
little recap of what happened with Goose and like showing you the parallels. You mentioned this to me pre-pod, Stevie, and I think I kind of agree, but I feel like I want you to drive this home. You don't think Miles Teller is a leading man. There's something not by any stretch. There's no. something about him that just doesn't click with he's, me. He, he's punchable, man. Like I just, I think he's a great secondary guy. I think he's a great guy that can ask questions. I don't think that he makes out for a great leading man for whatever reason. I just don't see it. I love Whiplash. He, I, I was think he's literally awesome just gonna that. say I love Whiplash. Yeah. I think there might have been a sense of trying too hard to set him up as cool in this movie there's enough like cool guys in that group i feel like and we'll definitely talk about that later but didn't it seem like he could have been a little more down to earth from the get-go i don't think you need to like him the whole time stevie but no but you also don't need to give him a goose dash just because his dad i love the goose dash (laughs) hard disagree yeah i'm watching this movie i'm like i should grow a mustache (laughs) i wish i could pull that off jesus h there's a little scene in the bar where they're playing pool and like that's what they're all doing and he slinks off and starts like dinking around the piano and it's like it felt really forced. Like I think it's Phoenix is like, "Hey guys, let's go check out what he's." Doing. <laughs> yeah, that part was kind of. I don't what even I'm talking know. about. <laughs> Why does the jukebox stop? Because like, he first of all, it. he unplugs it. He unplugs it. He pulled it. He yeah. unplugged it. What a move! He should be paying for everyone's drink <laughs> at Penny's Bar. Yeah, they, they make they make it seem like like somebody else unplugged it to kick Tom Cruise out. So it's like right when they're about to kick him out. But yeah, I think it was Goose. Or, sorry, Rooster. Rooster. My bad. That's a really (laughs) cocky move. But um, one thing I liked about that scene, and kind of it leads into the rest, is like the parallels of Maverick and Iceman versus Rooster and Hangman. Because like, you Mm -hmm. know, in the original, you got the hero, Tom Cruise, who's like the loose cannon, and Val Kilmer, Iceman, is like by the book and always being like, you're going to get somebody killed. Whose side are you on? And then you got Rooster, who's by the book, and Hangman's the cocky one now. It's just, I thought that was kind of interesting to see more of the lead guy that we're supposed to root for. Is He's kind of playing the opposite of Maverick. And here I thought we were special. Fellas, this here's Bagman. Hangman. Whatever. Hangman is one of the most obnoxiously douchey looking dudes on screen i've seen and i love it (laughs) and i love it so much dude it reminds me of bradley cooper from wedding crashers yes oh Um, yeah what's his name it's zach zach Zach. Zach. (laughs) yep my guy bob though he's though bob is the best he's the goat he he is literally what most probably like 98% 98% of what fighter pilots really are. Just a, a aviation nerd. I thought he I thought he saved like the entire movie personally. Did you think he kind of looked like Paul Dano in Prisoners, Stevie, a little bit? I think he looked like his father, the president of the United States on Independence Day. Wait, How'd he what? That's, movie, that's Bill Stevie? Pullman's kid, no. yeah. Oh, what? Yeah. We're going to live on. <laughs> yeah we will not go quietly into the night so wait yeah. what else has that guy been in because I've, I've definitely recognized that kid I just couldn't picture like bad pointed. times at the L Royale yep did you see that yep that was it that's was, that was a pretty solid movie I want Stevie to elaborate though because I 
he's obviously a very colorful and memorable character in this movie but what what makes you go so far to say that he saved the movie so it's not like saving it's more of just without him it takes a very specific performance to pull this off so dog fighting in movies is like a really hard thing to like show suspense with sometimes like if you guys ever watched the sequel to independence day you know what i'm talking about they made like dog fighting look boring when they're going on the final mission um, in this movie, or even when the you know they're dogfighting against Tom Cruise, Bob is the one that carries the suspense when he's like, break right, break right. And he's like, he's on your tail. And he's always screaming. And he adds so much suspense to like the scene itself. It works. I love the sense of urgency in his yes. voice. Like when you, yeah. And it's his it's voice there, that like there. makes it. Yeah. I love that. That's like his voice is what kept me like on the edge of my seat. Not just like if they're going to pull off the mission or not. Also, he immediately stands out in that bar scene, right? Because it's all kind of shades of cocky fire pilot. And he's the only one who's like a nerd nerd. I'm just Bob, man. (laughs) He's the only one that wears a shirt on the beach. Stevie question. What did Bob stand for? Didn't they tease that at some point? Is it it's not baby on board? Like they say, but his real name's. Not. I always thought it was bombs over Baghdad. Mm. Well, I, I I just think it's literally Bob. Like he <laughs> he's just he's been such a nerd and like kind of the quiet outcast type of guy compared to all the other personalities that he's probably been around. It's like they probably just never even thought to give him a call sign or anything. And he's just Bob. I heard that the actors in this movie actually got to come up with their own call signs. <sighs> And then what, and part of the story is like, I think in the Navy, they kind of like in real life have call names like this that are a little bit more goofy, right? Yeah. It's usually like kind of like tailored to your personality slash like, it's usually like if you do something embarrassing, like on your first couple of days there, you're going to end up getting a shitty call sign because it's going to be something that has to do with, yeah, like mop bucket. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And rooster would be a good one. But I think in the army... They're like a little bit more like hardcore. Like they're like demon and <laughs> like f- flame man and stuff like that. And I think a couple of the cast members brought in hardcore names. And then they like upon learning those differences had to change to more soft things, possibly like fanboy, <laughs> which is one of my favorite ones. Anybody can jump, and I just want to get your guys' take on this, because the first Top Gun, the dogfighting is a tad underwhelming just because they can only use so much footage and they had to repurpose it and use different angles. Is this like the new dogfighting movie? 100%. How is it not? (laughs) I mean, one thing I noticed that I thought was really cool is, like, obviously, you know, most of the stuff that we saw in the cockpit was, like, full on like they're in the cockpit up in the air Mm -hmm. doing the shit but I thought something that added a really good amount of immersion was towards the end in the actual dogfighting and when the Sams were shooting them trying to shoot them down is when they'd show a Sam like hit the flare and blow up right behind him but then when you cut to the cockpit you still see the giant explosion like Mm -hmm. like split second after it happened so it's like oh that made everything feel so much more real like the 
The subtle use of CGI that they used for these dogfights made so much of a difference. You know what was cool to see too when they're raiding the unnamed enemy base on the mission? That part where all of the missiles fly over them, you know what uh, I mean? And they kind of like so catch cool. up with them. Mm-hmm. I had never like conceptualized what that would possibly look like in my brain. You know what I mean? But if you're going super fast and the missiles are going super fast, it's going to look like traffic. You know what I mean? You're going to see them like passing over your head. Like that was, I, that was super cool. I just never had thought about that. That I don't want to like stick on this scene too much and skip a bunch of stuff, but like, dude, when they're flying low through that canyon and they're looking up at, at all the missiles, yes, dude, that was so intimidating. It was just like, gosh, those things look terrifying. <laughs> just, just thinking about it. Oh my gosh. The whole mission scene is, might be one of my favorite sequences in a movie I've ever seen. Like I was, I was telling my girlfriend I had to like apologize multiple times because I like realized I was squeezing her leg so hard, and then like <laughs> that scene when they when they actually drop the bombs and pull up out of the canyon, I literally like the first I saw it twice. The first time I saw it, I like realized afterwards like I was pushing my leg so hard into the ground I felt like I was pulling these. <laughs> PK, it's so funny you say that. My wife leaned over to me after, um, oh, this is probably, you know, like the fifth generation, like, um, plane did that super crazy maneuver where it's like, oh, oh. like those are the type of planes they're working with. According to my wife, I had been swearing for like three minutes straight. I was like, fuck, fuck, fuck. And eventually she was like, stop swearing. I went with my stepdad uh, the second time, and every time something cool happened on, he was like sitting two seats away from me, like between me and my mom. Mm-hmm. I could hear every time something cool happened, like, Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> How'd you feel about the unnamed adversary, Steven? It's a, it's a very safe play, right, from a studio <laughs> perspective. Even though what, it's not not the Russians. Yeah. Well, this movie didn't. That, that's what's even crazier about this is like the international numbers that this did without opening in China and Russia, which is fucking insane. But it's kind of like a terrorist cell. Like, yeah. <laughs> do they drop? They say Iranians at some point. It's like it's like they got some uranium. They got right? uranium. Like, you know, the classic uh, Back to the Future type deal. Um, but my whole thing is this. The, I think the unnamed adversary was cool just for the simple fact of Pap, you and I talked about this a lot what makes action scenes and like villains really cool is when you can add weight to a scene where you can like feel it in the audience so when they're doing that in this movie I could care less if there was a named adversary or a made-up stand, whatever it is. But it's obviously Russians, right? Hundred <laughs> percent Russians. Yeah. Those are that's freaking helicopters. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's that's an M24 or whatever it's called. Yeah, those, <laughs> those are Ruskies. I don't want to compare the, the first two movies too much, but 
It's a lot of similarities. Which um, beach orgy do you prefer, the the volleyball one or the uh, the offensive defensive football one? Uh, whew, this is a tough question. <laughs> um, I liked the football scene, except for the fact that they are playing this like offense defense at the same time bull crap. It makes no sense. <laughs> How would that even? I was like thinking about it afterwards. Like this makes less sense to Quidditch. Like how would this even possibly work? I think you got to go volleyball scene strictly for the soundtrack. So did they take the competitive nature out of it? Kind of, you know, it's just more silly or something. And since you guys don't really like Miles Teller very much, you probably didn't like his little ab shake either. I'm sure he got some tips from Aaron Rodgers on whether. I mean, but. But if you think about it, I, I mean, it does do what it's the, you know the whole Tom Cruise line about you know you wanted a team, there's your team. It does it it does show like some team building and shit like that. It's not just dudes playing volleyball against each other trying to show off their pecs and abs and egos. I don't know what you've been PK, we yeah. love this scene. What's up? Don't act like don't act like we don't like this scene. I, mean, love, I, I love. I won't speak for Pappy and Stevie. I love it. <laughs> See, my only thing, Stevie, is that a beach football scene has been done in an action movie in the same genre, infinitely better in Point Break. Like, how can we do another beach football scene? You know. I mean, if you're gonna like do that. Like, at least tackle Miles Teller and be like, oh, I know who this is. You know, this is Goose's son. He died doing this. Like, a really generic line. <laughs> but, correct me if I'm wrong. PK, you probably know this, but did Val Kilmer or Slider do, like, a lion's roar during the beach volleyball scene in the first one? I can't remember, but I, I know he... The very I think like a lion, like the eighty yard a growl over Slider. most likely, but there's also a scene in the first one where he Maverick says something to him and he he literally doesn't say a word back. He just like like bites his teeth at him. It's yes. so cringy and awkward. I'm like, what? <laughs> Why? <laughs> what? <laughs> Slider, you know uh, you stink. But uh, what'd you guys think of Val? being in the movie. Do you think he was actually going to be in it? I mean, I'm happy he wasn't just like a poster on a wall. See, that's what I thought it was going to be with the trailer, but I'm 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 glad they did that like kind of what they did cuz isn't that kind of like he's dealing with something like that in real life, right? He can't really speak anymore. Yeah. Uh, yeah, throat cancer took his uh, vocal cords. That's that's so sad. But also like I think it made that scene very impactful cuz I don't know about you guys, but I thought this movie had, had, was one of Tom Cruise's best performances, and especially this scene. Like you could tell he was dealing with some of the real emotion of you know seeing his friend like that in that scene. And I actually read something about you know the hug that they give him and the whole like who's a better pilot. Like ah, don't ruin this moment. It's a good moment. It's a good moment. Don't ruin. It. <laughs> I heard like you could tell like they were legit like genuinely like smiling and hugging each other, and I've heard that was a genuine like embrace, which is cool. I actually had a friend tell me that 
Valcom or like you know how he starts off that scene by like typing and then by the end of it he kind of is saying some last few words I guess mm-hmm. those words were like computer computer generated like I, he can't even really speak that much unfortunately really yeah. mm. I haven't watched the documentary on Prime about him but I've heard it's phenomenal he looks great though like Stevie you were saying like, before the podcast like his whole presence is as high ranking was he an admiral he looks, he's so cool he really is yeah, yeah like, I think it was a respectful way to include him in this movie and he does die in this movie which we get some emotional performance from Tom Cruise but I, I don't know like compared to like what was it the snowman where we saw him in <laughs> Harry like, Hole <laughs> Harry Hole in the snowman this is so much better like I, <laughs> I love seeing episode. him yeah <laughs> thanks Pete. shout out to Corey no but seeing Val Kilmer in this movie is really just nice just cause I mean growing up in the 90s Val Kilmer's movies especially Tombstone was just the coolest shit in the world the opening credits they give him the and Val Kilmer treatment you know what i mean so like you're watching these names go by mm-hmm. you get a similar like opening to the first one but you see Anne val come you're like oh, oh. dude gonna be this. can we talk about I, I know i wasn't here but there's one specific shot during the opening credits of just the you know aircraft carrier operations it's like a two second shot of a guy holding the biggest wrench i've ever seen over his shoulder with the sun Basically, his, his head is directly in front of the sun. It's got this cool silhouette. Dude, that's, that might be the coolest guy I've ever seen. Both <laughs> times I saw it, I, it snuck up on me. I was like, oh, that shot looks so cool. Got to find a screen cap of that. For yeah, I'm going to do some research and I'll send it to you. <laughs> now, Pappy, you know I love me some Jennifer Conley in this movie. Oh, yeah. God damn. But... um. You told me to save it for the pod. What happened to Kelly McGillis? Yeah. She gross. I don't know. She uh, she owed <laughs> What? <laughs> I, I didn't say I knew. That was Josh. I, I All I asked you was, you know who's good looking? And you said Jennifer Connelly. And I said, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Josh said he has a story about Kelly McGillis. No. no stop saying that, That will Josh. make <laughs> podcast history. So, Josh, go ahead. <laughs> PK probably knows more. But basically. All, hey, all I know is that. She's ugly. She did. She did not age as well as Tom Cruise. That's all I know. Tam. Yeah. So interesting. What I was gonna say is that Kelly McGillis said no that she wasn't asked, that. and it was most likely because she looked age appropriate. So. So I just remember like seeing Tom. a picture of her, and then be like, "Yo, this is a chick from Top Gun," and I was like, "No, that's an eighty-year-old woman." <laughs> yeah. It's one of those BuzzFeed. But like, interesting, uh, I rewatched friend of friend of the pod. I rewatched the first one, uh, part of it after I saw Maverick, and because uh, I was like, oh, I think you know Penny. She was just an afterthought, or like this is something that Tom Cruise got into, like you know after the first one, between the first movie and now they had a relationship or something. But he actually does name drop uh, Penny Benjamin. In the first movie, when he's talking to uh, 
What is that like is. his girlfriend from Canada or something? It's it's or they school. say something. She goes to a different school. They Josh. say something about <laughs> she doesn't uh, go here. Him taking out the admiral's daughter, and then he he mentions her name, and I was like, oh shit, I didn't re- I never caught that before watching it. You know, or didn't think about it. So it really is a continu like a continuity, and not just you know them replacing Kelly mm-hmm. McGillis. It's like it's literally just one quick line. <laughs> To be fair, has she been in any like media lately? Is she still an actress? Like, I thought she retired to become a mom. So there, I mean, there you go. You know, to I, I don't know. It feels kind of a- ageist. Maybe they didn't contact her, but if she, she retired, Josh. Like, and who's a, who's a, an objectively bigger name for the movie? You know, Jennifer Connelly or you, you know. Listen, I don't, I don't know. Like, it feels weird for her to be like, <laughs> I retired, but also they didn't talk to me because I'm, I look my age. I, I don't know. That seems a little bit of a hypocrisy, but I mean, it might be she doesn't get roles because she's, she did age out of it, but. Yeah, I feel bad for I, saying all this shit. I'm like, <laughs> I just feel bad now. <laughs> See, but the thing is, I'm an Jennifer, I think Jennifer Conlon is a good. I can't believe I you, PK. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Kelly McGillis. <laughs> I like the love interest with Tom Cruise and Jennifer Connelly. I like that it was kind of like a blended family. There were points, Stevie, where I'm like watching two 50 year olds flirt and I'm like, eh, dude, this should be Miles they- Sellers' part. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know, but <laughs> go to Florida, Pap. They flirt. No. I know they I know they flirt, but I, I go to the movies to watch young attractive people flirt, not old fifty year old boomers. I, I you know you know I'm trying to say like I don't know. It felt a little weird at points. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. I got that. It's just But I get I guarantee all our parents didn't mind it. People are No taking my breath away though. They played every mm-hmm. song except for that one. The reason I think it does kind of work is because they don't just play off of everything that happened in the first movie. There is this history between movies that they build upon. Tom Cruise's relationship status is obviously a big one, but then another big one is like this whole issue of Tom Cruise like pulling Rooster's papers or something. And that's like mentioned a couple times as a huge plot point and it almost seems like that's in a Top Gun 1.5 that we never saw or something. The movie like you bring that up Josh like the movie did it in a smart way though. You think that like Miles Teller Roosters like hates Tom Cruise just because what happened with his dad but it's really just because he set back his career four years. That's a nice little reveal. Can a captain in the Navy do that? Deny someone entrance to the Naval Academy? Just I'm sure he can. I'm sure he can make a request. I'm sure he knows. I'm sure he could put in a request. He pulled his yeah. papers, Pat. I don't really know what that means. If his papers aren't there, he pulled them. Yeah, bro. they were there, okay. and he pulled them away. <laughs> he just like once there were papers, <laughs> and now there is not. <laughs> I'm pulling these. You know, in the Concord High School, like staff room there's like that mailbox where you stick all the papers in there he pulled them he yeah. pulled his from right <laughs> from right in there pulled them out right out right out of the cubby yeah. <laughs> outside of like the mission which i think is pretty much everybody's like favorite 
sequence. Is there like another sequence that stood out to you guys a lot? Tom Cruise uh, stealing the jet and doing making it known that it's possible. Yeah, yep. that was like before the mission. I was like, this is the best it's gonna get because like there's just a lot of that blocked off shot in the cockpit of Tom Cruise just doing his thing, even though he, technically he wasn't doing his thing, but you know what I mean. And it just seeing seeing the actual G effects on his face Mach 10. and like hearing his breathing and stuff oh my gosh that was so cool just i was just like in awe i love how like seamlessly the details of how this technology works was communicated too right like you understand that he's in like a, a similar ridge but there's also like a computer system that's telling you if you like go outside of these bounds so it feels grounded right in how they're learning but I've never at any point like what's happening here. Like the whole like trials of them trying to go through it, like makes sense to someone who's watching it. So I really like the uh, dogfighting between Tom Cruise taking on the students for the first time. I like that montage sequence, but also there are two types of characters that I love in these types of movies, which is one Hondo, Dude, love Hondo. who backed Tom Cruise throughout the entire movie. Love Hondo. This, the like, couple scene, like the scene where he, t- like Maverick's about to take off for the mission, they give that. He's like, if I might, if I don't come back, like, oh man, he just has that long yeah. pause and he's spinning on her, sir. Oh, so I like good. it when I like it when Hondo's just out there making guys do put or guys and gals do push ups. <laughs> That's classic. You know who's even better than Hondo? Warlock. Warlock, dude, what a fucking G. That that shot of him when they get back and John Hamm's all serious, trying to be cool. Like that's a great character type. Mm-hmm. John Hamm's like, what's his deal, man? What an asshole. <laughs> 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 Plays it well. He's mad. He's salty. They didn't ask him to train him. I do like how he came around though, and it's just like, all right, I'm gonna make you team leader. I did like that. Did any of the like other we we talked about Bob a little bit, but I I don't know if it's like a criticism of this movie, Stevie, but like other than Hangman, the rest of the pilots are kind of jumbled up. They're there in my head, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, did any stand out to you, or are they all just kind of like you have Hangman, you have Miles Teller? Rooster and then you have everybody else. You know what I mean? Yeah, you got payback, man. You got payback, payback fanboy, Phoenix. Mm-hmm. The lamest is Harvard, Harvard and Yale. Harvard and Yale, yeah. Why would like I get one of them being Yale, but then why would I don't know? <laughs> <laughs> Where's MIT? Is he in here too? Can't see him on the list. <laughs> Did you guys think any of this was predictable? They did the whole bait and switch with, you know, Tom Cruise getting shot down. Oh, he's not dead. Then Miles Teller getting shot down. Oh, he's not dead. Then the whole, they run out of, or Tom Cruise is about to get lit up by the helicopter. Not. And then they run out of ammo. Dude, I thought they were going specifically subversive because there's this meme on the internet, right? Where it's like, if an older character says to a younger character, We'll talk after X, Y, Z. You know that the older character is always going to die. Like, I think it's like. I, I 100% thought he was going to die. Like, and so 
so yeah i, I but yeah i was like i was gonna say it kind of felt predictable but it, it didn't bother me at all none of this like them running out of ammo and then getting saved by a hangman at the end like, no i wouldn't say me. predictable but i i felt this might be saying weird what uh, from a staunch point of view, but I, I thought it was like reassuring reassuring in its story right like all the good guys prevail no one dies there, mm-hmm. there's nothing cynical in this story at all someone should have died and see like and that's okay, that's okay though like not every movie has to be off Some, someone someone should have died it's to answer your question though pk i mean <clears throat> by the way that like i guess say like, movie laws work in my brain if tom cruise and miles teller had like settled their differences and tom cruise is something like really heartwarming before they took off about how you know you're like a son to me like i can't have you out here tom cruise was gonna die in the next 10 minutes like that's just how like mm-hmm. laws work in my brain. Mm-hmm. But since they said we'll talk, I was like, okay, they're living. It'll be fine. I'm Josh. I'm kind of glad that no one died. Like, I thought technically somebody. Died, well, but I know but Ruskies. <laughs> what we see in like soft reboots a lot are similar story beats happening, right? It's not just that it's like the same setting, but it's like kind of the same story i i thought you know multiple times like including on that training mission where they crashed like, oh this is going to be the goose moment of this movie like he <laughs> you didn't like that no one died i did think that someone should have died in training just to set the stakes like at the beginning of the movie he's going mach 10 there are higher stakes than that. <laughs> <laughs> they basically set out that like if this mission is accomplished we're gonna have to lose probably all the fighter pilots maybe we can save some and then to come out of it just like with zero casualties even through the training i don't know it just made val kilmer isn't a casualty it just gave me the disney effect (laughs) josh you're reading this all wrong man that's not how staunch porn works well goose died i know but that's not staunch porn (laughs) okay I think the first one's literally staunch porn. It was funded by the it, Pentagon. A, <laughs> like, a little bit, but staunch porn is more of an idea sometimes than it is the actual reality. So like staunch porn, like where Josh says, Josh said someone should die in staunch training. Staunch porn is a lifestyle. Like the staunch porn <laughs> is when Tom Cruise like looks at one of the guys and he was like, tell that to his family. Like that's staunch porn. We don't need to see people. You don't need to have bodies on the floor, Josh. It's fine the way it is. This movie's relentlessly optimistic, right? <laughs> like all of the characters make a positive change. No one dies. The people we're killing are like unnamed terrorists. You know what I mean? There's like no consequences as far as th- these are the bad guys. They're, they're dressed in all black. Like this movie feels very of its time which is weird to say in 2022 but it feels <laughs> like it's like a post like i said like another post pandemic even though we're not really post pandemic maybe but like you know what i mean like kind of like that injection of optimism i think that's why it connected so well with people like you can't argue it's like a enough. kevin costner movie are you not wondering what towns that uranium <laughs> enrichment plant was supposed to power before they blew it up? 100%. Like hundred percent. Who? No one ever says it's even for nukes. It's just <laughs> enrichment. So it's like they're gonna use this like for good. There's like a whole different movie where someone's like, 
we got to save the planet with this enrichment program. And like the Americans come and blow this shit up. <laughs> this uranium, we can replace our dependency on fossil fuels. <laughs> and we're like, blow their ass up. <laughs> USA. <laughs> They're all. Uh, where are we at in the plot? Like, are we just skipping around now, Stevie? Yeah, go wherever you want. That, there's one place. It's like. When Maverick and Rooster are both crashed, right? And they get this idea to steal one of the planes from the enemy base with the torn up runway. That is an entire movie inside of that five, six minutes. That's Indiana Jones, man. Oh, dude, it straight up went to, it was behind enemy lines. Yeah. It was straight up behind <laughs> enemy lines. Even in the snow and everything. I think another movie, honestly, there's like 90 minutes of material in that journey to try to like hijack a plane. I did, I definitely did not expect that, Josh. Like after Maverick crash, I was like, all right, I don't know where this is going. I, I kind of expected Goose to, to do something, but yeah, when they, they're like, well, what do we do now? And all of a sudden it cuts to them like perched up looking like overlooking the runway, I was like, "Oh, okay." Like this is yeah. I was like, "This is a whole new it movie." It reminded now. me of a GoldenEye <laughs> level. Do you guys play GoldenEye for N sixty four? Of course. Back in the day, reminded yeah. me of one of those levels. You're like in the <laughs> snow, snow and like yeah. <laughs> I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I think you have to kill like a ridiculous amount of Russians in that episode <laughs> or in that level. But. I did a time check at that point because I'm like, how can they fit in? this part <laughs> with like it feels like we've been here for a minute like what's what's gonna possibly happen i don't they what, had to get the f-14 in the movie flying it somehow so <laughs> so bad but here's my thing i don't mind the fact that like we go back to the f-14 i, I kind of like it actually but i i don't understand why the terrorists have more advanced space or aircrafts than we do like that move that you were talking about stevie where it like does the like it's st- oh but yeah like put on the thrusters first off oh yeah <laughs> right before they do that fifth gen jet does that they do something really cool that i've never seen in the f-14 where rooster's like i'm gonna split the throttle and he pulls the one back and the one afterburner just shuts off, and they turned like really tight. I was like, "That was cool as fuck." Mm-hmm. There was one shot of the F fourteen that I didn't care for, and it was like him flying through an explosion, like right at the camera. And I think it, they were like shooting the gun. It just—I don't, I don't know. It didn't—I I didn't like it. It didn't look real at all. I think it fits in with this movie. I, I guess my bigger problem is like structurally, a huge theme is you know, it's not the plane, it's the pilot. It, but like it should have been we have a superior air- aircraft up until that moment and then this is where it's proven you know what i mean mm-hmm. like the fact that they're underdogs the whole time it doesn't make any sense and what kind of staunch porn has the russians with better air superiority than us like that's not cool it's not staunch at all <laughs> i mean but that's the thing the kind it's like, that's meant we- to instill fear that's the <laughs> well that's the problem it's like i think we do have equal or better fighter jets available far better for that mission they were far better yeah it's just like they're 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 stealth like f-35 that you saw at the beginning in the on the carrier right. dude that's like just as good it's just that's more for stealth so they wouldn't need to use it for this mission but yeah 
but that was the fifth generation. Yeah, I don't know. That was the X, that was the PS5. And we're still <laughs> over here with X Bone trying to fly in. Tom Cruise has to grab <laughs> Sega Genesis. To get out get the hell out of there. Yeah, they Russians are using Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020. We're still on Microsoft Flight Simulator X <laughs> from 2006. That's what I'm saying. Like, Flight a little bit of a better movie, I feel like, would have had like PS5 versus PS5. And then Tom Cruise has to go to Sega Genesis. Like, oh shit, he can still do this with the Sega Genesis versus the PS5. Like, I, I don't know. That didn't make a lot of sense to me. Am I the like? Am I wrong for hating the steal the plane part of the movie? I hated it. No, you're not wrong. I can see why some people didn't like it. It just felt so. It did feel like a different movie and kind of. It felt like a different. It felt like. You guys watch Thirty Rock. A little bit. It felt like if, like, inside of a Thirty Rock episode, they were pitching Top Gun Two. Dude, Rooster's <laughs> character totally changes during that scene. He becomes like, he becomes Goose. Like, it's like, and what he's asked to do is to react to Tom Cruise's like boldness and like, oh, I guess we're doing this now. And that's like where a bunch of the comedy comes from. But like, he's he's like almost becomes like a comedic sidekick in that part. As soon as they get like are working together and basically he's his version of goose it's like yeah it's like they just wanted that maverick and goose dynamic back so they just thrusted him into that position this is all set up when rooster um he saves tom cruise by flying back against orders and tom cruise sees rooster's plane go down and he starts we we get our classic tom cruise running scene gotta have it we have to have that every movie it's it's a little bit more on the goofy side the way he was running through the forest like that but it was like he had to poop but i think this is part of what you're talking about (laughs) (laughs) i think this is what you're talking about though stevie like as soon as he gets to rooster it turns into like it's an intense beat turned to comedy pretty quick i mean my thing is this i mean that's why I'll probably never be a movie producer ever. Like, put in a rendezvous point in the, like earlier in the movie, where like if we go down and John Hamm can you know get angry about it all he wants, but like show Miles Teller and Tom Cruise like roughing it for twenty four hours to the rendezvous point if there is a pickup point, and you can have your emotional moments like through that journey. That's far more interesting than just. Let's go be, you know, Indiana Jones steal a plane fighting Nazis. Yeah, but now we're talking about like a three-hour movie to get to that point. I'm fine with that. Just it was a weird change of direction in the movie. I just didn't really care for. You know what I did like though. Um, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, Penny. Let's <laughs> just yes. go back to Jennifer Connelly. <laughs> the Taiwanese flag on Maverick's jacket. Uh. No, I didn't notice that. Yeah, that's why it's not showing in China. <laughs> no way. Wait, whose whose decision was that to put that there? Is hundred percent that... Tom's. Let's fucking go. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't mind that. I like seeing a jet plane getting caught by a net. That on was an cool. Aircraft carrier. <laughs> that's fine. Again, these are things that my brain has never thought about. So it's like they just have a net. On an aircraft carrier, it's like <laughs> in case of landing gears out, we're just gonna catch him in this. I, I don't know. I fucking love that. That was awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, we got. It. <laughs> we got. <it. laughs>
what did you guys have like any similarities of or like see any similarities in the the mission of basically like the trench run in a new hope oh yeah a little bit i feel like i was watching star wars for the first time because i I was like locked in i was like this is fucking awesome the biggest thing is that rooster has to turn off the automatic guidance and use the force to shoot (laughs) and it goes it goes right in the hole just like that use the force (laughs) don't think do rooster (laughs) great balls of fire rooster fucking like this movie dude not to it's good i fucking love planes specifically world war ii aviation that's my jam but like i've been obsessed with fighter planes for longer than i've been a superhero guy so like i've been waiting for this movie for a long time and like so i knew going into i was gonna love the aviation and the flying scenes especially knowing you know how they filmed it but that's yeah i was i walked out of here like very impressed with the actual movie itself being like man this is a good movie like i i enjoyed the shit out of this that's that was a pleasant surprise for me you know what's surprise surprising to me is this is a top 150 movie on letterboxd as of today no i know i agree (laughs) it's not one of the best movies made of all time what's surprising to me though is that when i think of letterboxd and film twitter and the lindsey ellis verse what i think of is like people who would see what they would call like a jangoistic you know american-centric military-centric movie and like reject it what is it about this movie josh that people just fucking love like i feel like it just people don't people aren't hung up on that i feel like are you it doesn't bother like it doesn't bother me it doesn't bother you right like you don't i don't know like tom i know we call it staunch porn but it's cruise no i think we all had a great time watching this in theater do you think there's maybe a little bit of a this movie is like a moment of like two generations kind of like reaching out to each other or something. So I think there's like a, Horsecock. a gentle, a, Horsecock. I was going to say a gentleness to that. <laughs> like when we walked into our theaters, like we, we felt pretty alone in our age group, right? It seemed like mostly an older crowd. It wasn't completely, I don't know, man. It's just, it embraces the fun and it stays away from politics. Like no one mentions Republican or like we brought up staunch and maybe bringing some politics to it, but it does a pretty darn good job of not getting into like who is the president or who did someone vote for or do you like Mitch McConnell or not? <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> is he a frog? I don't know. Is there a sense of is there a sense of reunification to it? Maybe that's why people are connecting with it. Like, what were the crowds like for you guys? Because I saw this in IMAX both times. Good for you. 
yeah dude the the first night it was like a marvel crowd dude people clapped at the end like there was these drunk mid like middle-aged to probably like 50 year old drunk women in front of me like it almost annoyed me because like every somewhat serious scene like one of them would just start laughing <laughs> but i was like this uh, is awesome dude like there's so much so many <laughs> different types of people in this movie and everybody's having a great time i'd say my theater was like people my age and like my parents age like that was a pretty consensus so i mean yeah it is like two generations reaching out to each other i feel like there are a couple uncle lesters out of the dungeon for the first time in like three years <laughs> coming back to the theater hmm. i had this I've never heard this, guys. Someone was on the phone during the trailers so loud that when, like, the between the trailer, you could clearly hear the person on speakerphone. Children, it's time to watch the movie, dude. I just, I just heard that from Corey. That episode, that shit is so funny. Oh my god! I did not stand up and yell at this person because. Between trailers, I think it was Marcel, Marcel the sh- with the shell with shoes on. Yes. After it stopped, we just heard this phone going, and everyone was like, "Oh gosh, this guy!" And then we heard the voice say, "So yeah, the doctor does recommend we go into physical therapy." <laughs> and then, <laughs> oh my god! And then the next like trailer just was like, and like blocked it out, and I. Like all of us, like looked at each other with like the <laughs> widest eyes. <laughs> it was terrible. Should have yelled at him, Josh. It's like what? Like take your, like hey, you geriatric <laughs> fuck, turn it off. Take your illnesses elsewhere. Like <laughs> what do you say? That's this is the reunification movie, Stevie. <laughs> Stevie, you're a dad now. I thought it was interesting. I had children in my screening. I saw this on a weekday night eight nine ten year olds like a couple families with multiple kids i remember like we were walking out of the theater i heard one of the kids say mommy they almost died in that plane crash (laughs) i was like yeah no one really did die in any plane crashes did they like do do you think this like would hit all ages a four quadrant military i think it is machine USA, USA, <laughs> action Tom Cruise vehicle. Can I say one thing about our guy Tom? Like, I was talking to some people at work about this. He like, goes by TC. Yeah, TC, TC Lava. Uh, I think it, we might be witnessing the last like great movie star of our generation. I've been saying this for yeah, years. He's the last movie star. Nobody's gonna be putting out money to and nobody's gonna be doing practical shit like he's doing the mission impossible movies i can't i can't imagine where it's gonna end like and he's supposed to be going to space like what it's like dude this guy might be crazy (laughs) but he can make a damn cool movie he got pk with those crazy eyes pre-movie like he snared you you know that whole thing about penny talking about don't give me that look He's, he's like, what look? And she's like, that one. I'm like, he get, I got it. He gave me that look. <laughs> I walked home, I opened the door, and I left it open. <laughs> Dang. Boys, correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't we do a Patreon-only episode where we talked about the Tom Cruise meltdown on the set of this movie? I didn't was chastise it this movie him. Or was it Mission Impossible? I thought it was Mission Impossible. Ah, I, I, damn. I okay. think it was Mission Impossible, but... 
I said buck up and get used to getting yelled at by your boss. I feel like... How did he make Tom this Cru- movie and Mission Impossible movie within that time period? He's a vampire, That's Josh. ridiculous. Right? Dude. The thing about Tom Cruise is if he didn't have Scientology, I feel like I would love him so fucking much. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's the only thing that keeps me from, like, fully loving this man and the way he works. Like, I, I don't know. Like, why does he got to be a weirdo like that? <laughs> why does he have to have a compound in Florida? <laughs> I mean, but... I just had, had a total loss of train of thought there. I think you're going to say that Mikey um, might be joining this in a little bit. Oh, in two wait. hours, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say 12:15? Chicago time. So, hey, I'm glad I made it because this has been fun. I I could talk about this movie for a long time. I'm definitely gonna I'm definitely gonna go see it for a third time. I'll say this, and it's not on the level of movie I'm about to mention, but like, I I haven't felt this way in a theater. Probably since Fury Road. Hmm. Like, yeah, this is a good freaking action movie. Well, see, that's a bold claim for you, Stevie, and I'm going to hit you with one even better. I'm going to go out on a limb here. I like this movie better than Spider-Man. No Way Home. Whoa! Oh, for sure. Well, just This is far superior. I mean, yeah, well, as your superhero correspondent, (laughs) it, it, like... It, it always sketches me out to say stuff like that, but hey, you gotta let it ring. PK's avatar on Skype is a spider spoderman for you listening at home. So. I just, like I said, I loved, like, I mean, not to get super dark and deep, but like my dad passed away when I was young and he, you know, I used to go to plane museums and shit with him and. Man, I've been I've loved planes for, for so long. So like, this movie was I literally could not stop saying to my girlfriend. I was like, Gosh, that movie was so cool. Why'd you take so long to tell me you need me? I see that you're bleeding. You don't need to show me again. But if you decide to, I'll ride in this life with you. I won't let. ever watch youtube videos that like go on roller coasters sometimes yeah no that's I just have. me like put no, your like put your face <laughs> i'm like, not really, proud of it but yeah put headphones on put your face really close to the screen kind of pretend maybe you're going on the roller coaster <laughs> turn oh, the fan cool. on this is kind of like the ultimate mm-hmm. version of that pk like you it really is a cool experience but one of my favorite shots is just like the display of the mock numbers like that those that red font like climbing that just looked so incredibly cool on screen and it's just like a little detail it's not even like you didn't they didn't have to get up to 10 g's to show that display you know what i mean so cool also they you know he went mach 10 they called him the fastest man alive and then they never talked about it for the rest of the movie Gina and I were talking about that. We we're kind of like, oh yeah, <laughs> they never bring up the fact that he basically went to space and like has flown faster than anybody ever. But then there's you just, would think that would buy him a lot of credibility with the students. Like he just broke the. The only thing I I 
brought up, I was like, well, it just kind of proves that he was ready to, for that, that to make the time and that low, low altitude run. Like he, he can handle that speed and he's, he's done it before, but yeah, they don't actually mention the fact that, oh yeah, this guy's did Mach 10 yesterday. His character is so manly. He never has to mention his feats. He never does. And it's just like when he tells Penny, like, the reason he pulled Rooster's papers was actually because he, like, promised Rooster's mom on her, her deathbed that he would. But the fact he never does or would tell Rooster that is kind of like the same thing. Like, he would never mention he's Mach 10.3 boy. I saw someone say this, Stevie, that this is the first movie where Tom Cruise has acknowledged that he's aging. Like, this is a character who's now shifted to the mentorship role, mm. not just being like the young badass who can do anything. And yeah, he runs like he's going to poop his pants. <laughs> like, <he's laughs> but, but like some credit to him for that, right? Like he's he's moving into the, his, his age appropriate role. Yeah, I mean, it's a really cool thing to see. I mean, especially with Tom, who just seems ageless. But like, there, like I saw Jack Reacher two in theaters. Big mistake. I heard from the heavens. I understand that he's probably in his late fifties, but like, he doesn't need to be like hitting on like a you know mid thirties, late twenty year old chick. And you're right, Pat. To see him embrace his age is pretty cool. And I hope he does more roles like this, more Dude, mentor type stuff. If he moves into that archetype, like the advisor, wise wizard archetype, he could have his. He could he could act till he's ninety. It'd be the most prolific movie star of all time. You know what I mean? Like I think he did great in that archetype of like the mentor role. And the thing is too is like it's weird because Tom has a very he hasn't shown range a ton in movies where it's like yeah he's a dramatic actor or he's a comedic actor. No like, Oscars for Tom. Still. But like if you watch him do comedy, like is Les Grossman in Tropic oh Thunder kills it kills it watched it last week so fucking funny he's also 60 by the way he's not just 50 something he's 60 i know but in jack creature 2 he's in his 50s you know if you watch him in eyes wide shut or minority report when he actually has to do some dramatic acting he's a good actor Mm -hmm. so i think he can have a wide array of films in the future where he's not just doing action movies what was that movie where he actually had like gray hair pappy collateral yeah, Collateral. That movie's awesome. Collateral, 2004. He was already embracing the oldness then, Pap. Isn't that age appropriate? The gray hair? It's cool. Uh, 2004? I don't, I don't know. I was, I was telling you what someone on Letterboxd said. Is <laughs> 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 becoming more of the mentor role. But, I, dude, I, that's the thing. I, I like Tom Cruise. That's what's so weird. Is like, I do, too. He's so fucking likable. <laughs> But can we really call him the last movie star when we have like Tom Holland and Timothy Chalamet? Robert Pattinson's? I didn't go see Uncharted. I think it's just different because like, you know, he's still trying to do things different. Like he's not doing everything CGI, like Mission Impossible. He's really driving his motorcycle off a cliff. Like he's really flying in an F-18. He actually is flying that P-51, which he owns. It is his P-51 at the very end of the movie. I think he's he might be the last one to do it this way. Dude, 
that was a pretty meta part of the movie with Ed Harris saying like you're part of a dying breed <laughs> like no one's gonna do it like you anymore yeah. yeah honestly I never even thought about that until you just said that that made me think of it, in the moment made me think of Tom Cruise's like plight with films of like yeah maybe he is Stevie I love his response to that though not today you know not today i mean but if he moved into like a new like paul newman type role in the years to come i'd be so excited i just hope he keeps shoving out his money to make movies this way and like do all these big action sequences and stuff because man All right, PK, let's start with you. Yes or no's? Oh, man, definitely. Hardest Vigo Mortensen yes possible. Is one of the coolest theater experiences I've ever had. Definitely going to go see it at least one more time. I'm curious to see if it does, like, this, you know, after the first one it came out, it said it boosted the Navy numbers like crazy. I'm curious to see if it does something similar. You should see it in the movie theater if you can. Tom Cruise is the man. This movie is something that I won't forget for a long time. Thanks for having me on. Josh. Yeah, it's pretty crazy because if you would have told me that I would have seen two movies in theaters within the last month and Northman's was not one of them, I would have said you're crazy. But I really had fun with this. I do think... I don't know, man. There's like a little bit of escapism when staunch porn is on the screen. It's like, mm. as an American, I guess, like, are we allowed that within ourselves to just escape in it for a couple <laughs> hours and then go back to cynicism later? Like, is that okay? The main gist, and I don't know if we like settled it on this hugely in the pod, is like, there's this big course that they have to like train up for. And they just keep failing and failing and failing. And it's something we talk about, like how when a hero or a group fails at something so much, like to see them finally succeed, it gives you like that good endorphin feeling. And this movie rides that high quite a bit. It's a huge Vigo Mortenstein. Yes, for me too. Love being back in theaters, guys. I feel like movies are kind of back. I'm loving this stuff. Hard yes for me too. I, I I think you hit on it, Josh. This felt like movies are back. Like it's been a long time since movies were setting box office records. The fact that this is the biggest Tom Cruise opening weekend. We're, we're calling him like the movie star of like you know multiple generations. That this is the biggest movie for his opening weekend he's had is pretty significant. Um, I feel like between this. In a weird way, Ted Lasso, there might be some cultural shift happening in the tone of media where things might be skewing like ridiculously positive in a really good way. <laughs> and and it, like I said, this is like a relentlessly optimistic movie. We just reviewed everything everywhere all at once, which was, which was the case for optimism. Like I'm so happy you guys put out an episode for that. 
I loved that movie. Literally in the text, they're like, you should be optimistic. It's smart. <laughs> it's the way you should live your life. I, you know, this in so many ways feels reminiscent of like the soft reboots of the 2000 teens, 20 teens, but it does feel a little different in the fact that it felt subverted in like a really positive way. I love this movie. I love the response to this movie. It, you should see it in theaters just for the sound alone. The sound design is brilliant. It'll definitely garner some Oscar nominations. And yeah, I the best Top Gun movie. I would go as far to say, better than one. Yeah, I love what you guys are saying, though. It does feel like movies are back. This is a hard yes for me. Um, usually I love going to the movies, but since like having a kid and, you know, trying to find babysitters and that and the other, I haven't, I haven't been able to go as much. But like when this movie was released, I was like, I have to go see it. And that's just kind of the pull that Tom Cruise carries. So hardest of, <clears throat> hardest of yeses, Tom Cruise kills it. Miles Teller tries, and um, Bill Pullman's kid as Bob is a lot of fun to watch in the fighter jet, so hardest of yeses. Pap, do we got trivia? I got some trivia for you. Let's um, get it. I was looking at Mach 10 and how fast it was. 7,000 something probably. Which is so much faster than any other plane that we've seen. <laughs> but the fastest plane ever was the Lockheed SR-71 Blackbird. PK knows. <laughs> <laughs> Which got me on a rabbit hole. What is Lockheed Martin's annual revenue in 2021? I'll give you a clue. We're talking in the billions of dollars. Lockheed Martin. What did they make in 2021? Stevie, you want to go first? Are they pretty much doing like government contracts? Lockheed Martin is an American aerospace arms, defense, information, so security, yes. and technology yes. corporation okay, with worldwide say. interests. Located in yeah, Bethesda, so government contracts. Bethesda <laughs> Maryland. So yes. Um, you said in the Bippa Billions? Bippa Billions. <laughs> oh, love you. I'd say 50 billion. 50 billion? PK? Um, 99 billion. Also, Damn. fun fact the SR 71 holds the record for flying from New York to London in one hour and 54 minutes. That's so scary. <laughs> Josh, I don't think Lockheed. I don't think Lockheed Martin is reporting all their earnings, and this question's gonna be us. But, uh, dude, I think they are absolutely ginormous. I'm gonna go so big. You're gonna think this is a wolf-sized guess. <laughs> I'm gonna go four hundred and twenty. Billions. 
Listen, got, Josh, gotta, re, gotta respect it, right, Pat? <laughs> Josh might be onto something if there are some X Files shit going on, but like giant wolves, they reported earnings of sixty-seven point four oh four billion dollars. So, Stevie, you're the closest. Bo. But <laughs> hey, if World War Three happens, load up in Lockheed Martin stock. Seems like a good move. But Stevie, you won. So, wrap us up here. Toss us a spoiler, man. Um. Thanks for listening. Thanks for coming on, guys. And also thanks for seeing this movie. Um, I know it's not always the easiest to go see a movie than pot on it. So thanks. And um, yeah, take it away. Spoilers, man. Special thank you to our patrons. Everyone here is the best there is. Nick. I just want to manage the expectations. Brother Brian. You are not my first choice. Matt Troll. And we're off. The Meg. It's one of life's mysteries, sir. David. My dad believed in you. Nurse Stacy. Your reputation precedes you. Druid King. You should be at least a two-star admiral by now. Yet here you are. The Wolf. <laughs> Please check us out on patreon.com slash spoilers podcast. I have to admit, I wasn't expecting an invitation back. They're called orders, Maverick. That was spoilers.